The members of this program are all Master Masons and speak of Freemasonry based upon their personal experiences and studies. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not reflect that of any grand or subordinate lodges or the jurisdictions in which they operate. Hey guys, this is Jeff from Crypta. If you like what you're hearing and you like what we're doing, please support us at Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com and find the Crypta Podcast. Furthermore, if you'd like priority input on our future podcasts, you can contact us via Patreon. We thank you for all of your support. And welcome to CryptoCast. We're going to continue our podcast on Alistair Crowley, and I am here in the studio back again with Jeff and Anthony, and glad to have Jimmy back in the studio with us today as we continue on this. I know this is a topic Jimmy loves, everybody loves, and uh, we're going to just con- keep continuing on our, our trend of talking about secret societies and the impact that they have in the world today and throughout history, but I, I think I, I've been... I can speak for the guys here. The response to our last podcast on Aleister Crowley and especially the uh, one right before on Ray Rivera has had a huge response. And we just like to thank everybody for their big response and coming into that. And this is a topic that everybody is engaged in. And that's what we want. And that's why we're here. So let's get into it. Aleister Crowley, I know we talked about a little bit last time of his origins and his his interest, his uh, his, uh, presentation into the OTO and uh, Thelema the religion that he founded and uh, that was based on a lot of the OTO and other ancient religions and ancient writings and things like that. So where does it, where does it go from here? Where, where do we talk about Aleister Crowley from here? Well, I believe uh, the main thing that we didn't really touch on the last time was his, his visit to Cairo, Egypt, while honeymooning right. with his, ro- his wife Rose. And that's where they made yeah. contact through ritual with a, a uh, supernatural or predator human named Iwas, who actually dictated the Book of the Law. Yes. Yeah, so explain to everybody, what, what is a praetor being? Just an... It's uh, P-R-A-E-T? Yes, just, uh, you know, it's it. just think, the easiest way to have it is otherworldly. Gotcha. Okay. Or above. Or, An ethereal being or yes. something like that, I gotcha. But um, it, it was over a series of days at, um, I can't remember, it was like, I think it was a certain period of the day yeah. for like a few hours of day that this being dictated this book of the law to them. And Crowley did go back and forth throughout his life, like at, in his writings through the Equinox, that was, a, that was a publication put out to the OTO, that he would say, sometimes he would say it was his higher self, sometimes he would confirm in his writings that it in fact was something different than himself. Right. And other times it was just a mixture of what he said. But right. at, at most, um, most of the time he was very adamant that it was, it was something outside of himself that he made contact with that delivered it. And if you read the book, which I recommend you do, anybody should, um, the language used therein is very, is very strange, even for the time that it was written. Yeah. It's just the phrasing. And I think it's it's open source for anybody to read, right? Absolutely. I think we've got it. Yeah, and I I think, Anthony, we can put that on a post. We can attach it. Absolutely. Somehow, or we'll Um, we'll, we'll try to make it available somehow. If I remember right, didn't the Praetor speak to him through his wife? Yes, translate. Yeah. Yeah, so it was yeah, directly. It was through his wife. That's what I was going to ask. This was the same story that he was on his honeymoon. Is that right? No, it's a different story. No, he wasn't. It, I don't. I don't think the Praetor human spoke through his wife. Uh, well, she, she was in trance writing it, and he he right. did say that he he heard it, and he he felt yeah. like he described what his voice sounded like as well. Like it was, it was without accent. Uh, it Cra- was go ahead because Crowley couldn't 
behold the being. He had to turn his back on him, if I'm if I remember correctly. Uh, he he knew that it's like he he spoke about it as if he was aware that the that the the male entity was in a corner behind him, right? And yeah. speaking with without accent, but also he kind of. You know, described him a little bit. You know what is? Well, skin he tone drew was. a picture of him. If I'm yes, not there's yeah. a, and there's a Google pic. You, you can Google Iwas. Oh yeah, God. Yeah, yeah like uh, Google <laughs> Iwas. Look at the picture, and yeah. you will find that well, it looks like what Anthony? A gray alien. Yes. But wait, what, what year are we talking about here? Uh, that's 1904. Yeah, this one is in Cairo. So this is turn of the century. Yeah, this is way before the mm-hmm. 1940s, 50s, 60s. Right. When this stuff was hot, and we started seeing those kind of drawings and things like that. Yeah, that were similar. Yeah, yeah. 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 mid to late well 40s, before. we started I mean, seeing a lot of gray alien drawings. Stuff. Yeah, and, and I don't think Crowley's popularity during this time when we started seeing gray aliens in Roswell and things like that, people drawing pictures like that, Crowley was not enough in the popular domain for them to have been majorly influenced. I, I, I don't think. No, not not for the main populace. Absolutely no, not. I don't think no, so either. Not no, at all. No, I mean, of course, with the OTO and people that he ran with, I mean, he but, was. But. Well, I mean, logically thinking, I, I, I think it'd be interesting to see some of these initial people that had some of these experiences, if they had any influence or, well, you know, um, or even speaking interaction. of influence, That's um, a good question. Jack Parsons. Um, I don't know if anybody is, knows is aware of Jack Parsons. Oh, really? listeners. Yes. Jack Parsons is one of the founding members of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, in California, and he was highly involved with the OTO. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. You were with about, Crowley. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought highly you were talking about the guy on uh, Big Bang Theory. That's, that's <laughs> Jim Parsons. That's Jim Parsons. Okay. Him maybe too, maybe it's a character created after him. I don't. Know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, Jack Parsons. He he founded JPL and he was highly involved with the OTO really? and, and ran in those circles. And um, so Jimmy's back in the studio and hitting everything. And <laughs> uh, so I mean, takes back 1905. Story. He's in a room alone. He just starts hearing, or is he just sensing? Is this a physical, audible thing? I mean, this isn't. I mean, obviously. I've been in the Middle East and North Africa and things like that. It's stinking hot. Yeah, uh, it's the only place in the world that I've caught infections. You can't catch anywhere <laughs> else. Is, is 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 there any chance this is some sort of heat stroke or is um, this? I think that you, if you if you look at what what exactly had happened, his wife uh, Rose was not into the same stuff that Crowley was in. No, not at all. Uh, she was not into the occult. Uh, she was not into the any of the paranormal stuff that we would consider that Crowley might have been a part of. Yet somehow or another, she fell into a trance while on honeymoon in Egypt. Well, they were doing. He was doing magic rituals over there, trying he to uh, yeah. evoke um, Egyptian deities. Yes, he was. She, she pretty much became the medium. Yeah, she ended up being the medium yep. after the rituals had gone through, right. and then she started going into a trance, and that's when all of the uh, dictation of the Book yeah. of Law, according to the story, right. So I mean, we're we're not saying saying here that, you know, we can definitively prove that this is actually what happened. But this is the the origin story of not just the lemma, but the OTO and Crowley's yeah, overall right. yeah. myth and legend overall. I think so. Where did he go from? I mean, the Book of the Law is. I think we talked about. Uh, it's the foundation for Thelema, is it not? Yes, it is. is. Not it, and it's also kind of the, the sacred book. Or? And it's the declaration of the new aeon as well. Yeah. So, so, so what is it? And how, what, how is Thelema differentiated? How is the book of law? Does it speak something different? Does it reveal something? Is it, uh, is it a vision or is this kind it, of, it, hey, Iwas wanted to, here's a couple of things I've always wanted to say to humanity. It, to me, it seems to expand upon what earlier religions had been saying. So, you know, 
the, the biggest saying in the book of the law is, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Uh, do that, and none shall say nay. Love is the law, love under will. And so you see some of that same similarity appear in some of the other religions, particularly the Christianity. Yeah. You know, love is the law. Yeah. Uh, law of love. Yeah. If you if you read, you know, Paul's writings in the in, in uh, throughout, you know, his epistles and whatnot, it's and Saint John particularly. Now that's crazy. Saint John, we're all very much familiar with Saint John as Freemasons because mm -hmm. he is a very predominant figure in Freemasonry. Love is the law. And that's the same thing that Crowley said in the book of the law. So. Right. And, um, you know, it's like um, he was kind of, and the way it's kind of explained is, and we touched on it a little bit in the previous podcast, was it was Isis, Osiris, Horus. There, yes, there yeah. is a cycle. Yeah, oh, yeah. And when it's Isis, it's female deities. When it's Osiris, it's male deities that are very domineering and yeah. it's very dictatorship type. Um, you know, rule, and that's the type of God it is. But when it's Horus, Horus is the child, and I kind of right. touched on it just a little bit when I said that, it, you know, think about how people are acting now. We're de right. People are demanding, even us. We you know we might be at the end of the millennial age group, or mm -hmm. some of us are a little bit older, Gen X. <laughs> but we, <laughs> we, we, still, we still kind of demand something immediately yeah. in instant gratification, and that's just how the world is functioning. That's very childlike. So. You know, not only that, I, I see it as a staunch individualism. Yes, you know, uh, do what, it's me, me. Yeah, do what, yeah. do what I will should be the whole of the law. I mean, do what you will should be the yeah. whole of the law. And, uh, you know, and of course Crowley is not telling you to be selfish or, uh, you know, to take to the extreme of your selfishness, what, do what thou wilt, kill people, things like that. This, this centers around what your will is in this world, why yeah. you're here, your purpose essentially. I think right. same, it's kind of the same concept that, I think Paul in the scriptures was yeah. talking about just because you have the freedom to do it. Absolutely. It uh, doesn't mean it's the most efficacious thing to do I because it may cause other people to stumble. It may cause yeah. harm to, to others. Your freedom does. Yeah. And I, we've talked about that before, but when we talked about human rights and what human rights are, yeah. your rights as a human should never infringe upon the others. So yeah. therefore yeah. it's not a right. So it should be some of the same thing. So he's really talking about, and, and, and you talk about 1905, is not yeah. necessarily the uh, a, a fast forward moving society, progressive no. in any kind of ideology throughout no, the world. It's pre World War One, so it's yeah. Yeah, so you have to talk about this. Some this is some pretty radical, radical stuff. Oh, it's, very, it's radical very radical for the time. For the time. Very, so very, when he he came back to he came back to England, he was living in England at the time. Yeah. What what was the reaction when he? I mean, where did he introduce this book of law? Did he introduce it to OTO? Did he? It was to the Thelemites. It wasn't so. Thelma had already. It was. It 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 had not started really. It's like you know this was the beginning, uh, having the book of the law dictated to him. Then that's when the OTO started transforming from a Masonic society into what it eventually became, which was a religious group with initiatic traditions. So let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. okay. So we talked about last time. He, he was a big part of the OTO. Yeah. And he was also a big part of the struggle for control of, of the, the OTO and leadership. The Golden Dawn. Golden Dawn. The Golden, Golden Dawn. Dawn. Excuse me. So well, hold on. Explain the, the differentiation between the Golden Dawn and the OTO. Golden Dawn was the previous magical order that was created by ex-Freemasons that stole a ritual from the Societas Roscristiana in Anglia. Okay. But that was the beginning of it because they started doing magic in that organization. Right. 
And that was the beginning of Crowley's study of magic. And when he moved and got with Theodore Roos, who was starting the OTO, um, it was supposed to have all this masonry inside of it. And then right. it just became this. So he, he, he came into the OTO, and he, that's what he really wanted to have recognized by Freemasonry. Is that it, right? It evolved into that, yes. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Correct. So uh, look, looking at it from kind of a rational, you, you see a man who joins this secret society that has these radical thoughts, these, this key to magical and ancient knowledge. He has a struggle for power. He either fails or gives up. He starts to become a part of this OTO, organization that promises to be something even better and closer to what he wants to be and he wants to be recognized by the established secret society which is freemasonry he doesn't gain that is it kind of just an opportune i mean is he taking advantage is he taking an opportunity to say listen if they're not going to you know what i can do i'm just going to start my own religion i'm just going to start my own thing you know what i'm saying like nobody else wants me so i'll show them well, let me just touch on that a little bit about his uh, want to be recognized with the OTO. I mean, having, you know, and all that stuff, Memphis and Misery, uh, mainly is what his branch was. Uh, at one point, he was fairly um, combative with the regular Scottish Rite, and yeah. I think yeah. I think in a letter he made some sort of reference of we will, you know, use their 33rd degree patents as toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it, was, uh, it was a... You know, it's it was a it was a competing organization. At the I, I think you know, Jeff. Uh, uh, our listeners won't know this reference, but I think we've recently seen that exact same mentality expressed towards us. And, oh, yeah. and we can go back to Hellier on that one, one yeah. our, our Hellier podcast. And I don't want to go too much into detail, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but but you, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, we, we see that. I mean, there's no secret. We're from the South, and every Southern city that's above. Uh, 20,000 people has at least two dozen churches and that's a small town and you talk yeah. about large cities I knew one that I lived in in Florida 1,200 yeah. of one dom- denomination <laughs> do you know what I'm saying oh yeah so I mean it, it is it's quite common and I've I knew a lot of guys who are like you know what I could spend the rest of my life trying to be an assistant or being a youth pastor or something like that. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start my own. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got my exactly. own thing going. I, they don't do it right. We're going to be non-denominational. I know how to do it. Right. I know how to do it. I always call it the guys who want to be a CEO but can't do business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's a, a good way to look at it. I see a lot of those guys, yeah. and they start their own thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm getting that sense, but, you know, I see those kind of similarities. Wait, wait. I mean, is it possible? I just want to explore it. I know I, I want to explore. Could Crowley just have just literally BSed his way into a religion, into being what he always wanted to be and was remembered for all time? Absolutely. It, 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 I think he absolutely it, could have. I think if you look at it really from a historical per- perspective, who hasn't done that? Yeah. Right. Any, any but, religious figure, but we we come, we come down, that. but we come down to it. We ask, have to ask ourselves the same question we ask ourselves about any other religion. Yeah, does it have value? How do we know if it's, it's real a, or even tied to something real? Well, the thing well, is, too, like the last podcast Jeff talked about, like if you, you gotta understand Crowley's personality as well. So I think in an aspect, in an aspect for him, yeah, it was that. But at the same time, he's like, ha 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 ha. ha. 
just like pointing his finger at him like, ha ha, I, 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 I want well, up you. I don't, it's think, like I don't I was think saying, he laughed like that. It's though. like I was saying earlier, he, he almost confesses to the fact that Iwas is just a part of him and his writings does, of the Equinox. Yes. But then, like I said, well, he goes back that, and says it's not. What, does it, that sound not, like a cop-out, though? No, hang, hang on. Isn't Iwas the name of his personal guardian, higher guardian angel? He has, I, th- I believe he said as much that Iwas was his holy guardian angel. His holy ha- guardian angel. But yeah. then, you know, like he talks about it. It's a complete entity outside of himself. He, he talks about yeah. it in several different And I think that's where we all ways. stand. We, we yeah. realize that this is just a part of us. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, yeah. And so, you know, anybody who practices these kind of rituals to summon a holy guardian angel or whatever... It's a part of you. It's a part of you. And the, and that yeah. is truly, like, if you get down to the logical thing, we've talked about Thelema before, and we talk, like, if you want to know about this stuff, read Lon Milo to Kit. He will give, yes. he is like the, the beginning point of being able to even understand what Crowley yeah. is saying, because Crowley speaks over your head. He does. But yeah. if you read Lon, Lon kind of breaks it down, and that's what he communicates, and that's it's it's a part of your mind, and it's yeah. that's why it's it's psychodrama, and it's at times seemingly self hypnotic. Hypnotic, yeah. But that that's what it is. The cat is that the same as born? Is that the born in blood? No, no. Uh, who am I thinking? Chicken Kabbalah and son of Chicken Kabbalah is Duquette. Okay, who, who's born in blood? Born in blood know. is uh, Robinson. Robinson. Robinson, Robinson, and. Yeah. I no, that's just just him. John just J. Robinson just is Robinson. born in blood, and like then we have uh, you're probably thinking of Lomas and Knight who did the Iron King. Lomas and Knight. Yeah. That's can I say, can I say this real quick? It, it, you, when we're looking at what Crowley did, if you if you were to take what what Freemasonry is, and and compare it to what Crowley did, I, I believe Crowley probably saw something in Freemasonry that was similar to what uh, he had been had learned. He saw magic. In Freemasonry. Yes. Yeah. And, well, he and, took and a Masonic all. rite and made it into what the OTO is now. Absolutely. Because so, uh, if you look, they have some of the same titles that we have in the Scottish rite. Right. So. And that magic, you know, not to confuse our, our listeners too much, but I wouldn't say that Freemasonry, Freemasonry doesn't practice magic in any sense of the word. But we do practice making men better. And what, we, what, what that does to our minds is make us better. And so... If, if, if Crowley saw, saw magic in Freemasonry, that, I think that's essentially what it was. You know, we, we've all had seen rituals where well, we, were, we, we were blown away because we were like, that looks very suspicious to us. That looks like magic. But you know, when you get and into so, the Scottish Rite, and the Scottish Rite starts, to, starts touching on Kabbalah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you first get in there. Yeah. But oh, then, yeah. you know, like Memphis and Miserum, if you read their rituals... That's where they start getting into the magical aspect, and that's what he was a part of. That was his 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 major branch of Freemasonry, which was uh, ultimately became defunct. Right, in and, and Memphis and Miserum, it was at one time an active body, was it not of its own? Yes, oh, yeah. was uh, it, and it was recognized by Freemasonry. It, it, at, at one point in time, even Albert Pike wrote said those folks have just as much right to practice their Freemasonry as we do. The, the yeah. leader of the Scottish Rite. And but it eventually came to a point in the United States that Memphis and Miserium was really kind of being used as a money making scheme, and people were not right. holding, you know, proper standards for a, a degree system of ninety degrees. Right. And I think I mentioned on one podcast. Just imagine the closet. Yeah. Uh, that you yeah. have to have for all the wardrobes for all the. Just all imagine the you had to pay fifty bucks every time you did it. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Okay, we're yeah. starting our. Own. So, and to <laughs> kind of clarify, so Freemasonry in its core form is 
the Blue Lodge. Yes. It is the, uh, it's also called, well, what's the other? It's the Blue Lodge or the, or is it Oriental or the... Uh, you t- you're talking about the Eastern Star? No, 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 no. There's another name for the Blue Lodge. Blue Lodge or... Eh, I have to look that up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't know I don't know what that means. Yeah, no, there, there, there is, there is kind of a. It's either called an Oriental Lodge or a Blue Lodge or something like that. Uh, you're, yeah, okay. Anyway, think, at yeah. the at the core <laughs> of a Freemason, the core of Freemasonry is is there. So, and then there are these appellate bodies that mm-hmm. kind of are informed, but they're recognized by Freemasonry as a whole. Mm-hmm. But they 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 operate separately from the Grand Lodge of each state in each country. So one of those is Scottish Rite, one is the York Rite. So OTO. He was seeking to make OTO another one of these kind of bodies recognized by Freemasonry. Well, initially, when Theodore Roos was setting it up, he was trying to bring in all these different rites in. And towards the end of it, Crowley got rid of any Masonic um, privileges because he didn't want there to be any conflict. It started out as that, but he condensed this thing down of all these degrees into just a few initiatic ceremonies and the Gnostic Mass outside of it. So, right. so Jeff, would you consider maybe like Crowley being similar to Alan Greenfield in the sense of a free Illuminism? Is that what you're saying, essentially? Well, I think I think that Dr. Alan Greenfield is a natural product Doctor. of being a true adherent to Thelema okay. and a student of Aleister Crowley's teachings. Quick question: Because he who, moved off and did his own thing. Who is Alan Greenfield? Oh, well, we, we've spoken about him on our on our podcast here, but Alan Greenfield is a writer of several books. He wrote books. the Secret Rituals of the Men in Black. He wrote Secret uh, Cipher the Euphonauts. Secret Cipher the Euphonauts, and he was the movie broadcast on a whole episode and, of Hellier. And he is considered yeah, he was, um, the. He doesn't like. I don't. I don't want to. He's considered the authority in the Atlanta area of the. Memphis and Miserum rite that is being practiced in this area. Yes. And it's under the banner of free illuminism. Right. And, and, and just for our listeners, free illuminism is open to everyone. Yep. No uh, money. It, it doesn't matter who you are, what gender, what race. It doesn't matter yeah. anything like that. I mean, it's free illuminism. And it's, it's, illuminism it's not closed everyone. meetings either. It's right. wide open. Yeah. Even for you gray aliens that are listening, and you're I, welcome. I think and they, you they, men in black who are listening. I think they meet up on a mountain somewhere and do some rituals up there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah uh, it's uh, is it Arab Mountain? What is it called? I thought it was Stone Stone Mountain. No, it's not Stone no, Mountain. Stone That's Mountain. where the laser show is. <laughs> <laughs> but they meet on a on a, on a mountain. That's in, magic. That's in magic. Atlanta. That's real magic. And they, they is uh, it Arab Mountain? I think I, I can't. That speak. would make sense. It's as far what as it as sounds like yeah. in my head, but it's been a long time since well, I looked at. It. But they work it's something a, called the ninety point sh- shawl. And in, Geor- in Georgia, uh, Arab, it's called Arab. Arab. Oh, yeah. oh God, right. it's not Arab. That's why <laughs> we're I, not from Georgia. That's yet. why Cairo and Cairo, Georgia, is pronounced Cairo. Where if you've ever gotten Cairo corn syrup, it's from Cairo. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting indeed. Yeah, Georgia has a lot of weird. <clears throat> let, let me ask you this. Um, we kind of touched on Rosicrucianism because that's where Crowley kind of took some of the aspects of that. Would oh, you, yeah. would you, would you consider the OTO pretty much the other side of the coin to Rosicrucianism? Oh yeah, it's absolutely a Rosicrucian body because if you look at, I mean, and I, I did want to touch on this and I'll br- mention it briefly. When Crowley has w- would take on a new student, he wanted them to either choose one of two methods of learning. One was the I Ching and one was the Tarot, yeah, and right. his Tarot is the Tarot of Thoth. Right. which was illustrated by Lady Frida Harris under his direction. But if you look at the back of those cards, it's a rosy cross. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so it's it's directly a Rosicrucian society. So We well, have a deck. We, we, we've talked about the OTO, but we keep referring to the Rosicrucians and the 
you're going to have to say the society name again. You always do it in the what in what French? Uh, what is it, Latin? I think. Is it Latin? The one that they stole was uh, from the Golden Dawn was Societas Rosicrucianae in Anglia. There's one in the United States was which is ends in Civitatis Federatus. Uh, that's us, United States, Societas Rosicruciana. So what is that? The the Rosicrucian Society of the United States, uh, but it's a it's an inventory. Yeah, I, I get the, you just said it backwards, yeah. so it doesn't explain. Yeah, it's <laughs> what it is. It's, an oh, invita- it's in the United States of the Rosicrucian. It's an invitational body that uh, has a series of degrees, which is you get awarded based on merit. You're expected to uh, do certain studies and lectures, uh, um, and you know write papers. Yes. Before you can move on up. So it's not just like a, a real quick, I pay $200 and I'm a ninth degree Rosicrucian. Right. So what do we, I mean, do we know anything about, I mean, because you know, I, I know it's an invitation well, the, body the, the, only. The, the biggest body in the U.S. is the AMORC, the AMORC. Um, well, yeah, that's that's another society that yeah. you can join that's not to, directly linked to Freemasonry. It's not but Freemasonry, but it it's was, one of the bigger Rosicrucians. It was started by a man with the last name Skinner who was a 90th degree Freemason. Do yeah. they call in, it in AMORC? They what? do call it AMORC. AMORC. Manifest of Miserum? Yeah, he was. Ah. The AMORC. He was the guy who started, I think it's Henry Skinner. No, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and it, so and that that one is not, is that one invitation only as well? Nope. Anybody no, can, anybody can set up for AMORC. Anybody but uh, I think it's a monthly payment, and they start like, sending you um, it's not, it's correspondence lessons, and Jimmy and I one time were going through them. Right. It doesn't interfere with Freemasonry. No, it don't. Not at all. No. Oh, so. But it's a it's it's separated from Freemasonry. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, Masonic. It, it's not Masonic at all. It's not Masonic at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I was interested. I mean, I, I think I've heard Rosicrucians and or Rosicrucia referred to in popular culture, in movies and around things like yeah. that. But sure. I don't it's, think people really actually realize that's the real thing. Because I think all these terms that we talk about, the OTO, the Rosicrucians, the Golden Dawn, all these kind of, they kind of group everything into one. And if you talk talk to this to, about somebody who's, with someone who's uninitiated or unfamiliar, you know, inevitably they always say the word underneath their breath, Illuminati. Well, right. you know, <laughs> I would like to say one so. thing. Like each, each different Rosicrucian society is based off a similar idea. And it's the Rosy Cross itself. And get rid of all the alchemy and the um, astrology. And let's get right down to it. The Rosy Cross itself is a symbol of self-sacrifice for others. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's what it all is. Even if you've got magic attached to it and all this different learning, it, it's a society that is taught to be selfless. Yes. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's good that there's a lot of mystery about it because it forces people to ask a question. It, 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 it alerts their brain enough that they want to look in, look deeper. You know what I mean? It's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is. I mean, because I mean, I, I had a, I had a guy at work uh, who uh, was asking. He just randomly started talking about Freemasonry, and then, you know, was asking me questions. And he goes, "Well, how do you know?" And you know, I was able to share with him that I was a Mason. And he goes, "I've always wanted to know, man. What? Why do you guys use blood in your rituals?" <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, what? Who? Do- but, I but missed that one. How else yeah, do you write like, cryptic wait, messages on yeah. the wall? Where? You've got to have blood. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that answers a lot of questions I have. No, but he asked, uh, you know, he, it, was a, it was an interesting question uh, that he was asking just because, you know, he saw something in a movie and uh, it made him Google something. Uh, okay. And then it made him start asking more questions and then and more and more. And it enabled me to, to speak about it. And he went, you know what, that sounds like something 
I've always been looking for. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. know more. But where, where do men go to speak of these kind of things? And not just our podcast topics, but, you know, the core of truth, the pursuit of knowledge, the pursuit of light. Where do men go? Well, there be one no one. There's, you know, there's not many places to go. And under and unfortunately, under, I think under the constructs of religion, you're kind of you're taught what you're supposed to believe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that that's not what Freemasonry is. No, not at all. And I think that allows that, and I think that sparked something in people like Aleister Crowley. That Freemasonry was this amazing vehicle to find light and yeah. truth, and it's no wonder he wanted to be attached to it. You yeah. know, even in his own uh, intellectual and spiritual pursuits, he still wanted to be attached yeah. to this this body in a significant way because he realized and recognized not just its historical but its uh, spiritual and intellectual power and influence i think that um like i like we've mentioned on previous previous podcasts uh, alistair crelly essentially took the working tools and unearthed truth that he deciphered as this or that and that's what the difference between religion and Freemasonry. Religion gives you a, a set of dogma. Right. It doesn't give you the tools right. to unearth truth for yourself. Right. You know, whereas Freemasonry gives you working tools. It doesn't tell you this is the truth. You right. know what I mean? It, it the only If we were to say that the only truth that Freemasonry gives us is that one plus one is two. And that's a tool. Mathematics is a tool right. to unearth truth. But you know, just to touch on it, we touched on this way back when we talked about... Uh, the secret rituals of the men in black and the yeah the cipher yeah we talked about the cipher the cipher comes from the book of the law yeah oh yeah definitely. that's where we yeah. get the new aeon english kabbalah right cipher yeah. Yeah. so just to throw that out there it, and you'll see it if you if you get a copy of the book of the law there's always a facsimile of the original writing and you can find where he started to figure out the cipher the cipher right. wasn't figured out till we had computers right mm-hmm. but, until we had you know mathematics essentially yeah. to be able to, to gauge it and but, to understand it. Yeah, the the new cipher that everybody uses is that's yeah that's the one. Yeah, yeah the book along. I'm not trying to backtrack, but just came across my mind earlier. I wanted to get it out there is when you're talking about Freemasonry and how it's involved and come into all these different societies. Um, even the Illuminati, um, they they a section of their degrees they plug Freemasonic degrees right in because it's like these need to be here. The working tools to understand this, like Absolutely. the Illuminati, yeah. they plugged in the first two degrees of masonry within their degrees, almost verbatim. Per- right. Well, I mean, and I think that's that's kind of like the core. We keep coming back over and over again throughout history. We see these amazing figures. We see these amazing movements. And whether most people realize it or not, Freemasonry is at least down at the, the an, inf- an influence of the core of that. Absolutely. Uh, and the idea of what Freemasonry is. And the, I think that's the beauty of Freemasonry. And one of the reasons it stays a society with secrets is because it is an influence and it's not supposed to be a self-glorifying institution. Right. It is a, it is a guiding hand, mm-hmm. uh, not a controlling hand, a guiding hand, a guiding hand to yeah. people and to influence society, to guide people, to guide society, to make stronger men. And yes, it's it's geared towards men, um, but it, it's 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 with the goal of not just making us better for the sake of making us better. Yeah. It's the sake of making us better. Therefore, all are better. Right? Absolutely. And uh, I think I think that's pretty powerful. And I think if you look at all these kind of secret societies we've worked in, well, you, I've been just talking about, we come back to that core. If you notice that a lot of these guys 
were Masons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it, a lot of the, the ones that started a lot of these different sects, they were Freemasons. Yeah. And, and what that essentially tells me is that they've taken the working tools and began to unearth truth and began to teach others. Right. Truth. So I think it's it, 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 that that has sparked something in and people we've talked about like Crawley, it's it sparked the same things in us. You know, it's the reason we did this podcast. It's the reason we have uh, the Keystone Masonic Library. Right. It's right. because we want to be a center. We want to be a focal point and a springboard for people to learn not just about themselves and the universe, but how they can make this place this world better yeah. by learning more Absolutely. by pursuing yeah. and finding the core truth i think in essence masonry doesn't have a truth it tells you how to find the truth yeah. so right. there 100%. are masons with secrets that are not masonic secrets because right. they had the tools in which to find Absolutely. and i think this this kind of this secret society we keep finding this theme that keeps coming back and back and back um, that always finds a core. You always, f- some Mason, some Masonic body has passed through or has influenced society after society after society. And that's what we're here to do is to, to ensure that Freemasonry is going to go on influencing in that kind of way. And, and it's, it's attributed to and it's signified by the fact that you're listening to us right now. Right. It's because something in you said, I want to know what the truth is, how? And you've latched onto something that may give you an answer and a vehicle in which to do so. So I think that's the purpose of this. And we, I mean, we can talk about any of these secret societies over and over again. We're going to and want us to keep going and keep listening to us um, as we keep going through a society after society. Because it's so fascinating to see how Freemasonry throughout history has influenced the world and world events and world movements and uh, and it's you see these these society these secret societies popping up throughout history, but you see that same flavor. You know, there's that it's the exact same thing all the way all the way through. So um, we want to want to thank you for listening to this about, about Crowley. What a fascinating uh, creature that that man was. <laughs> We're going to post on our uh, follow up. We're going to post the Book of the Law. We'll fo- post. So I think we've already posted a very odd picture of Alistair Crowley, Multiple. but there's <laughs> there's a lot more out there. We'll make that stuff available to you. That's what we want to be. We want information. We're not coming down and saying, "Listen, guys, this is all true. This is what it is. This is for your information. This is for your pursuit." So we're going to post as much as we can. Read it. Interact with us. Uh, talk about it. Um, if it if it ticks you off, great. Say it. If it makes you happy, great. If you have questions, question. That's what we're all here for. Start the conversation. That's what this is here for. So look forward to it. We're going to talk about secret societies. We're going to keep going about this. Keep listening. Keep joining us. Uh, Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. Start the conversation. Keep the conversation going. And again, thank you so much for your interaction with us and that impact that you've had, especially over these last few weeks. We want to keep it going. And uh, we thank you so much, and we're going to look for these next ones uh, coming out. Join us back in the studio right here on Crypto.